The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. Hello, and welcome to Geek Space 9... No, wait. No. This isn't the right... <laughs> this feed doesn't feel right at all. Wait a minute. This is the Movie Gang Podcast. But Yay. it is the Geek Space Nine takeover of the Movie Gang Podcast because it is the cast of the Geek Space Nine with me today. I was so excited. as my first time to get back on since I moved back to Los Angeles. Thought we are going to have another big... Episode never just kind of dropped off <laughs> every day. We lost a different person on the thread, yeah, but that's for, okay. For good reasons. It's almost as though people have lives outside podcasts. I know. I'm Why? Sorry, another thing. Boo. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. I'm a, I'm a wine-drinking, podcasting, wannabe housewife. <laughs> exactly. This is exactly why we brought this up earlier, because it uh-huh. happened. Exactly. Exactly. So... I love these folks because we do, in fact, do a podcast together. With me today, I am Ben Hallworth, back in to saddle, back in the Movie Game podcast, and with me is, of course, Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? I am very well. Thank you, Ben. And the lovely, the beautiful, the wondrous Peter Dancy. Oh, you think I'm beautiful. Yeah. You're beautiful. <laughs> I won't do the second part because it's part that gets mean. I always feel bad for those people like in the Christina Aguilera video because it's like, you know, you're beautiful no matter what they say. Do you think they're like, oh, does that video say I'm ugly? <laughs> it's like, what do they say about me? What do they say Tell about me? me? Yeah, and so mean. So we are here today to talk about War Dogs. Sarah or Peter, would either of you like to explain what the plot of War Dogs is and what you thought of it? Um, yeah, I guess I can give it a go. Um, well, it starts out um, with uh, this guy, um, David Packhouse, is it? Is that his first name? Yeah, David? Yes. yes, David. Yes. Based and, on a true story. Um, based on a true story. Yes, it is. Well, yeah, I'm sure. And um, this guy is a sort of... Um, disillusioned massage therapist living in Miami who get the feeling he kind of hates his life, uh, but he doesn't really have anywhere else to go, kind of out of falling out with his family, whatever. Um, he has a gorgeous wife or girlfriend or however oh. they start out at the beginning of the movie, so I don't know what he's sad about. Um, oh my god, yes. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to take a second to say that she has the most gorgeous eyes of any woman I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, oh, wow. I was distracted a lot of the time. <laughs> so, my apologies, but I had to get that off my chest. Please continue. Understandable. I might no, have totally to agree fair. with you. Totally fair. Yeah. And um, he ends up going to a funeral for someone, and at this funeral he runs into his childhood friend Ephraim who seems to have become a very rich person very quickly, and he can't quite figure it out. And then he learns that Ephraim has gone into the arms dealing business, but it's sort of, it's not, you know, official arms dealing business. It's kind of, you know, under the table. I think he, at one point he describes it as we, we do deals, 
um, that the American government isn't allowed to do or something to right, that Essentially, effect. yeah, they, uh, the, the government has passed a law that allows private individual companies, not just the ones that have government contracts, to bid on government contracts on sort of an eBay-like website. And yeah, very eBay. Very as Ephraim says, he's kind of the guy who gets the crumbs while the other people eat the big pie. Like, he gets the little stuff that nobody wants and then it kind of ramps up when they get a huge contract and do much more shady deals to get it done. But with the U.S. government or the Pentagon, um, the the crumbs are still hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, yes. So he's doing very well. And, you know, the war machine is, you know, a moneymaker, basically, which is an interesting sort of, I don't know, socio-political, economical point that the film makes. And, right. Um, and, sorry, go on. That's okay. And uh, it's just basically a film about how David Packhouse gets involved in this business with Ephraim, and they do very well, and then, you know, they, it all goes to shit eventually with the Afghan deal. Because, of course. And, um, yes, that's the movie. Yes, and uh, if it sounds familiar, at least for me... My biggest complaint about this movie is um, it just felt so much like so many movies I have seen. It was it starts out literally with Miles Teller's character David in a uh, trunk held by gangsters, point a gun at him, and then he goes, "How did I end up here?" Which is like literally beginning of Goodfellas slammed into the beginning of Fight Club, uh-huh. and that was the biggest thing in this movie. Is it just felt to me like Wolf of Wall Street and Goodfellas and Casino and tons of other Scorsese movies and tons of other Scarface, which I reference uh, a lot in the movie. The poster I mean, kind of I mean, this it. Is, I mean, Ephraim has like a big ass picture of Scarface in his office. It's like, oh yes, oh yes, and that's the thing. To me, it felt like Todd Phillips really, really wanted to make a dorm room poster movie. You know what I mean? One of those movies yes. that like dudes love talk about and want to be the characters and. Like a Wolf of Wall Street, like which a Goodfellas. Which is why this movie was like so, like it, I guess it's based on a true story, but it's so loosely based that like it was highly fictionalized and dramatized. Like 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 like, like they're driving through a, like they're driving through a rock, like through the Triangle of Death, never happened. That never happened. Oh wow! Yeah, they they literally fabricated that entire sequence just for the sake of a movie. Wow. And it's so bizarre. The changes they pick are very weird. I, I I posted a picture to you guys of the real Ephraim and David, and they're like cut dudes, yeah. and the real David is like bald with a beard. Right. And like, why did Jonah Hill gain a ton of weight for this role? He didn't have to. And it's so bizarre the choices they make in this movie for me because it's like I don't get what he's trying to do here, other than trying to make his own Goodfellas, Wolf of Wall Street type movie. Because it doesn't have enough bite for me to be, like, really interesting sociopolitical. Because you're right, Sarah, there's interesting idea, and I think the story could be really good in mm-hmm. different hands. But I just feel like here it was just kind of listless. Did you feel like that as well? Yeah, I did a little bit. I will say that all of the films that you've mentioned that it, you know, wants to be like or feels like, as you say... Um, the only one of those that you've named off so far that I've seen basically it's in, in its entirety is Wolf of Wall Street, and I haven't even actually watched that to the end. So I yeah. guess I uh, I did very didn't... long. Yes, I think that yes, movie's still I... going on. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I think I was watching it on an airplane, and then uh, we we landed oh, about boy. twenty minutes before it ended. Oh, that is funny. So. Did you feel bad where they're like he's snorting cocaine out of hookers? buttholes and like there's people the near you like oh i can't God. ever watch a very dirty movie when there's other people what the f- that happens that's how the movie starts oh <laughs> no 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 yeah yeah i don't know i think no, that, it was well i think Sorry. it was like i was coming back to america from scotland or something and it was the last <laughs> leg and so i was done giving any fucks and I was like, well, this looks interesting. I've heard it's a good movie, so I'm just going to watch it. I don't care what the person sitting next to me thinks. <laughs> I guess I'm just too in my own head. I've seen people watch way worse stuff on a plane, and it's just like, I don't know how you don't have that. But like I said, maybe you're just exhausted. You don't care anymore. <laughs> so, Yeah. I mean, you said you were flying back from Scotland, Sarah, so I can definitely understand. Like, it's like, you know what? My brain is just exhausted. Who cares? Turning off. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah so the thing about this this film are you guys familiar with Todd Phillips he did the Hangover trilogy and yeah. Due Date mostly yeah. those are his big ones Have you guys I've seen also never films? I've never seen the Hangover which I keep being told is a travesty um, but it's just it's not generally my kind of film and yet it seems to be part of like our generational zeitgeist so it just seems like something I should see you know, for the sake of seeing it, not because I really want to. The, 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 the Hangover trilogy is that is de- I, I would definitely classify as like as like three films that you know, your I guess, semi stereotypical college boy would love to watch and be like, oh yeah, dude, I want to get drunk with my friends and have adventures like this. Kind of too, but the the Hangover trilogy kind of fascinates me, and Todd Phillips in general fascinates me. Um, he started his career doing sort of documentaries about really interesting fringe subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, his most famous one is on Gigi Allen, who's this absolutely insane singer. His music's terrible. Even his fans hate his music. But uh, mm-hmm. he was a presence guy. Like, he would, like, shit on stage and, like, cut himself. He was, like, a fucked up crazy person. Oh, that's nuts. And, uh... He kind of was like this edgy, dark dude, and then he became like the Hangover guy. And like, but what's even interesting is I find the Hangover had a weird subversive quality, especially like two feels like let's just take everyone thinks love in the Hangover and make it dark, depressing, and awful. Like it almost feels purposely meaner and grosser and more like depressing. And then three is just a crime movie. It has nothing to do with being a drunk hangover it's oh, like people yeah. get shot and murdered and killed and it's insane like yeah, I, I remember seeing commercials about that and i was like this took a turn what happened to i was like what happened to them being drunk it does and i guess what i'm saying is for a guy who has this weird subversive edge i was kind of surprised that this film which has a subversive story didn't feel subversive at all to me it just felt like weak sauce scorsese like i compared to like scorsese is a 70 year old catholic who's making <laughs> movies where, like I said, he snort cocaine out of a hooker's butthole. And then, like, I don't need that in my War Dogs movie necessarily. But, like, uh, for example, there's one scene where Jonah Hill, he comes up and Jonah Hill's, like, in a robe. And he opens the door. And he's like, what? I'm with a hooker. That's it. Like, yeah. is that supposed to be funny? Is that supposed to be intense? Like, if it's supposed Just to be intense, you would, like, see him funny. in the hooker and doing crazy shit, you know. Or if it's supposed to be funny, it would be, like, weirder. But it's just, like, it doesn't do anything to me. Just I will say this this has nothing to 
nothing to do with, you know, the movie itself, but it was kind of refreshing to not have that kind of content after seeing Sausage Party last week. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I, I think Maybe a little uh, bit I, I might have blown a fuse if I had seen any more weird sexual shit. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I wasn't. Ex I wasn't necessarily expecting like like for, for for that scene in particular, at least. I wasn't expecting any weird sexual shit, but I but but I would. I was kind of expecting him to like like like, like after like after he said what I'm with the hooker. I was like, oh, this would have been so much better if he had like full on opened the door and you had seen the hooker and you had seen in like lines of cocaine, which he was, which Jonah Hill's character had been was snorting like throughout the entire film from beginning to end. Right. So, so it's like, ah, oh, like they, like missed opportunity to just missed opportunity to, to see like, to see that, but like times five, I don't know. No, totally. And it's the thing. It's like, it didn't know if it, to me, it wanted to be Wolf of Wall Street with the partying and the drugs and the excess and the craziness. Yeah. Or it wanted to be Lord of War, which is, you know, much more about the money and the corruption and the depressing attitude of how war is sold and it's this terrible thing that's never going to stop because it makes so much money and stuff. It didn't like kind of commit to either side, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that's what was frustrating me. It wasn't a very good comedy and it wasn't a very good drama either. Right, like I couldn't decide which one it wanted to be, and and, and like and and, and speaking speaking to how it didn't like know if it wanted to talk talk about the kind of the evils of war and money, like that that um the 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 open the opening sequence where the the opening sequence um. God, uh the the, the opening sequence where, where, where we have David where we have David Pakhaus, uh Miles Teller's character, uh narr narr narrating the co narrating the cost of. Of of like near the cost of, of like of like how each American soldier is wearing seventeen is wearing seventeen thousand dollars worth of stuff, um, and 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 how and and, and when yeah when, that when part we, was interesting I forgot yeah, about the part exactly yeah when when we when we had when we had all of those numbers like like like, uh, like kind of kind of kind of pinpointed to 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 each, to each part to each part of a, of a soldier's outfit like from like from the helmet to the to to like the bullet like the bulletproof vest to the gun to the shoes to whatever to the tanks. Like I, yeah, like I, right, like you said, I found that part interesting, and and it was kind of it was kind of sad. Like, like I, rem I remember thinking halfway halfway through the uh, halfway through the film, or or at least when they, when they officially got to the Afghan deal, um, and and talk and, ta and talking about you know how, about talking about you know how mu like, how much like each bullet would cost and like and, and like guns and whatever. Like, wh like why didn't they bring that kind of visual like that that that, that kind of visual back? Like I wanted like I. Like if they were going to use it once, then you know why did they expand upon it and like and like have it pop up at different points in the film? No, totally. And um, that's the thing; it, it kind of got away from the war element, which is the part that was. There was some place that was interesting. Like there was a really interesting part, but again, you said it was fabricated. But you know, fine if you're trying to tell a story, still trying to get to a point, it could be interesting. But the part where it's like right. they had this thing, like oh, we ordered all these Berettas for the uh, military. Oh. And the guy on the phone is like, you know, right, that Italy just said we're not sending any weapons to Iraq because we opposed the war. And it's like, right, that's interesting. That's kind of clever. But we never had much of that. It was more just like they kind of hinted at that idea. Like they don't see the war, but they could come to it. But it never quite, again, came together for me. And like the just interesting ideas where we don't see the war, we just traffic in it. Because I find that very fascinating. There are groups of people who just traffic in commodities. There's a lot of people freaking oil. We never uh -huh. use oil. Don't give a shit how it's produced, where it comes from. 
they only buy it to sell it later. That's their whole right. job, you know. And I think that's kind of an interesting idea. But they didn't kind of commit to it when they actually went to Iraq. It was more just like, "Whoa, dude, we're in Iraq!" Ah. Crazy story time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It wasn't like depressing, or it wasn't funny enough. Like it was again that that it was just kind of there. Yeah. It was kind of there. Well, let's talk about the acting. How did you feel about, especially Jonah Hill and Miles Teller? I personally kind of like Jonah Hill. I, I they did a Me very too. interesting uh, laugh that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was oh, that laugh. almost on par with um, Tom Hulse's Amadeus laugh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very similar. That's what I kept thinking of. I didn't oh. even realize that. Thank you so much for saying that. Now it makes total sense. That's a mm-hmm. good call. They're, they were, they're not, like, similar laughs in and of themselves, right. but just the sort of level of ridiculousness. And <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, that's a laugh. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, the whole audience starts laughing when he laughs, not because whatever he's laughing at is actually funny, but his laugh is hilarious. It's just so strange. You're like, yeah, like... like yeah, I, actually, actually, yeah, the, the audience that I was in, like, we all did the same thing. He, he, he would do, like, that we're kind of, like... Like a kind of half laugh, half I guess, wheezing sigh, whatever. Like, yeah. Hey. And right, I think we like, all oh. need to. We all need to take just one moment to do our version of the Jonah Hill laugh. All right. Oh God. My... <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's okay. That, I, I'm not even gonna try. That was. It. That was. It. That was it. I wish Jack was here. I feel like he would do it really well. I think he could. That's true. I think he could. Jack, we, we miss him. Yeah, we do miss Jack. We love him. He'll be back soon. I know it's tough because he really wanted to talk about this, so I'm very curious to see what Jack yeah. uh, wanted to say. And uh, I feel bad because he's very excited. I was excited too for this movie because it has that element. And I like Miles Teller, but I don't know something about. Uh, it's okay. He's just kind of actor man in this movie. I don't know. Did you feel yeah. the same? He he did he didn't commit to, he didn't commit to kind to, to kind of being to kind of, to kind of being his character as mu- as much as Jonah Hill committed to being a dick. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> like Jonah Hill committed to being a total dick and asshole to everyone, including uh, David David Packhouse, and 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 the in the end. But like, but 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 Teller, like him, cool guy, but didn't feel like he didn't feel like he was totally in it in in this film to me. I agree. Yeah, I feel uh, Miles Teller's an interesting guy. He's had a very odd career. A lot of ups and a lot of downs, you know. Like he's got Whiplash yes, the same year he has Fantastic Four, you know. It's just like, which is such a strange combo. I'm sorry. Such a strange combo, and I feel like he's trying his best to be like out there and take good roles or bigger roles, you know. But I don't I know if it's his choices or voice or what. But compared to Jonah Hill, who's like had this really remarkable trajectory, particularly since like Moneyball, of just like yeah. really nailing choices and roles since then. That like, it's it's odd. I wonder like, I don't know how to feel about him yet. Like, is he just in good movies sometimes, or is he actually like a very very great actor? Because I see that in Whiplash, but sometimes I wonder like, what's he gonna find his voice? I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe some maybe sometimes it's it's, it's all it's also just good directing that that that, that, that Miles Teller has gotten. I mean, I mean, because like because because I'm I'm looking at his filmography his his filmography right now. He's gone from he's this this man this man has gone from like. Footloose to Project X to Whiplash to 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 
to the, to the three first Divergent movies, believe it or not. Yes. Fantastic Four. Um, to, to and, now, and now he's in War Dogs, and it's like, and it's like, these are some. This is this is an interesting collection of films for a man to be in at this. Point. Oh, he was in Divergent, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Is he the brother? I actually have no idea. Okay. All, all, all I all I know I because I haven't seen any of them. But but all, but all I, all I know is that is that the character he plays is Peter Hayes. <laughs> if, I know. If, if, that, okay. mean, if uh, that means anything to any of our listeners, <laughs> I know a spoiler about it. That mm. uh, uh, about his character, but that's about it. He dies, doesn't he? He dies. Yes, and <laughs> everyone was like. Thank God, Wes Teller died, so maybe he could do better movies. Oh, <laughs> this is one of those things. That's that last. Uh, I could talk forever about the craziness of that last Divergent movie. How much, how little money it made. I don't know if you heard, oh. but they're going to make it like a TV series now because it made so little money yeah. they didn't want to make the last movie. Yeah, I actually like. Believe it or not, I was, I was, I randomly was look was looking at looking that series up like two three weeks ago and i saw that i was like and when i realized that i made that little money because 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 i didn't care about those movies as much as i did the hunger games films but, I, but when i saw that i was like holy shit it must have tanked like a motherfucker oh it hmm. did it did we are oh, off God. the rails yes. <laughs> well let I mean, me um I mean, yeah let me i made a list let me just go through uh-huh. my list real quick and we'll get to my point after the list all right okay these are the following things that i noticed mostly were direct rip-off slash homages. We'll get to this subject afterwards. Okay. In the film, as I said, opening with Trunk and the Body like Goodfellas in Fight Club. Uh-huh. Montage of Rise to Power with pop music, a la Goodfellas. Yep. Downfall based on missing one small middleman who ends up breaking down the entire organization, a la Casino. A friendship that devolves as crime becomes worse, a la Scarface. The good guy loves going bad, a la Wolf of Wall Street, plus all the cocaine and drugs. And this is supposed to be a particular one. White quotes on background, back background, that will later be said by characters later in the film, which is yeah. exactly how every single episode of The Wire begins. Yes. What point does it become a ripoff, and when is it an homage? That's what I kind of want to say. Are these ripoffs, or are these quote-unquote homages and where do you draw the line personally with things like this uh, I, I offer you a counter question can that okay. depend on the success of the film because <laughs> 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 if it was like a it good movie that made a lot of money then people are like oh well this is a great homage to all of these you know classic you know drug war money films yeah. but if this film tanks it can be like well that was because it ripped off all of these great movies and failed to actually do it that's actually I think a very a fair point that's true that's true I mean look at you know uh, the ones that work you know uh Kill Bill, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, yeah. all openly taking literal sequences. Uh, the, the trench run from Star Wars is literally the same trench run from a 1950s movie called The Dam Busters. Like, you can Uh-oh. do shot for shot <laughs> the same shot. I, I did not know that. I, I didn't either. Have... Yeah, look it up on YouTube if you ever get a chance. It's yeah, for sure. crazy. Um, but it expands on it and it changes. I guess for me, the difference between homage and ripoff is if it expands on it or does something different or remixes it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, t- yeah. Take take an inspiration, but put your but put your own spin on it. Don't just like do it, and, and that's, that's it. Exactly. To me, it is a, like you said, Sarah. Success. That's a great example too. Yep. It is a big yep. part of it because 
this film, I'm just not getting that same energy I get from a Scorsese film. And I don't love Wolf of Wall Street, and I don't shockingly even love Goodfellas that much. It's like one of my big, weird, you know, someone can debate me on that, please. Like, I should like this. What's going on? I do. My favorite, I like, uh, my favorite Scorsese movie is After Hours, so I'm just that uh, hipster about it. Um, So, (laughs) uh, but uh, I at least appreciate that those films have an energy and a bite and an honesty to it so it's like when they're doing Scarface Light and they're doing Wolf of Wall Street Light even though those aren't my favorite movies it's like the film did those better <laughs> so why you know and I guess that's the thing to me if I'm sitting there going why am I watching this what am I getting out of this that I haven't seen a hundred times before that's when I guess it comes to me more rip off than a watch would you agree with that yeah yeah that pretty much sums it up yeah especially speaking to like to like you know the whole the like the energy of the film like I I I told I told I told you this Ben uh, after after I came out of the movie and I and I was messaging you because because at that point we were the only two who had, who had seen it, but 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 I I, I I told I told Ben Sarah that that while that while I was in the theater watching War Dogs, it got like an hour and some change into it, and I was literally sitting there like okay this is dragging way too damn long, when is this movie going to end? What's the point of me being in here? Really? Like, like, yes. Like, I'm sorry, but like, but like, for like, for for me, for me, I just did not enjoy this film because because I went into it seeing like seeing the trailers and the commercials and 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 them and them and them talking about how this was going to be a comedy drama, like a, a comedy drama, and 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 it's from the guy who did The Hangover, like movies that people consider like fucking hilarious and the trailer and the trailers like made it seem like it was going to be fucking hilarious but th- but there wasn't that much humor to back it up for me to the point to the point that like yes I, there were some times where I chuckled but it dragged it was dull for me and and like because because to, because to me but to, to me with the with the exception of a, of a few of a few key parts you know you know you know like the driving driving through the triangle of death for example um when 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 they're when they're finally in the meeting to 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 get the Afghan deal and and, and you know then and, you know then, then we see that shot immediately after immediately after that immediately after that 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 they lowballed by fifty million um, and, and we and we and we see and we see Jonah Hill like like totally losing his shit it's like it's like where is the energy for this film for me I I, I didn't find it I, I I didn't see it no totally and. It's frustrating because there's a lot of interesting elements. Todd Phillips is an odd director. He can do like weirdly dramatic stuff in his like comedy films. Yeah. Like I said, you watch uh, Hangover Three and you're like, is this a comedy? And there's people getting murdered. Like, and it's kind of dark and depressing. And there's really good music. Like Cliff Martinez always does incredible music, but there's so many pop songs I didn't even notice any like original score in there. And it just what what in, the, what in this film the original score in this film yeah the original score of this film is by Cliff Martinez who's like, oh yeah it, you know, incredible there was a score there was a score like right like I, I saw yeah, Cliff exactly. Martinez's name at the end I was like what I love Cliff Martinez I would have noticed it right away if he did any song here there's so yeah. much yeah yeah, yeah. To, to, to me to me to me like his original score for this film was was, was like was like more ambiance than anything like substantial. Must be because I didn't even notice anything, and Sarah didn't even notice anything. She's our music mm-hmm. nerd. I, I really, I really, I really only noticed it 
if I, I really only no, only noticed it if if if, it, if if the film was trying to have some kind of dramatic moment between bet between either David Paco's David Paco's and 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 his girlfriend, or or or, or him or him, or him like or there being like some kind of tension between David and Ephraim. That was it. it, it like other other than that, it was other than that they 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 were they were trying to find some pop song that they could loosely connect to the film, to like honestly. Make this make this film for the same for the same audience that the Hangover trilogy was geared towards. Well, it's, you make an interesting point there, Peter, too, because uh, uh, there's this service called CinemaScore that's used mainly for box office tracking, and it's uh -huh. a way that people judge movies right when they're coming out. Uh, they uh -huh. interview people on the first night of the movie who went to go see just that movie and what they kind of rated. And this got a B, which is actually pretty bad. Most films get like a B plus to an A. Most people are pretty calm. So I think you're right that this is a trying to appeal to that hangover crowd. And I don't know if they're necessarily, I know I'm making a wide generalization based on one random score, but I yeah. do wonder if there is going to be that kind of backlash to this film of, what is this? Like, was it supposed to be really funny? Was it supposed to be like cool bros do stuff? It couldn't figure it out. The movie really couldn't figure it out. Th th this this movie was a long, drawn out, two hour explanation of of, of, of like of like of lo of looking back of of, of looking back at, at, at how at how our government used to and probably still does. I don't know. I have to look it up. How 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 our how our government tried to come across weapons to 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 use to use in its war in Iraq, but 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 also at the at the end of the day. Um, uh, Look, look, looking at how Ephraim didn't pay the guy, didn't pay the guy that that that, that, they, that they were that they were using to um, to repackage their stuff. Um, a two a two hour explanation of how you pay the people who are working for you, or else you get fucked over. <laughs> like, like, like learn learning at the end of the film that the only reason they got caught is because Ephraim didn't just pay the man. A hundred thousand dollars, which 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 both of them agreed, which both of them agreed, this is a steal, and yet they and yet Ephraim still was too was so much of a dick that he didn't even want to pay that. That's why they got caught. It's so insulting. It's so it's so insulting, and I was embarrassed for them. That's the thing yeah, it needed more of. It needed more of the that embarrassing. We let idiots run our military for a while. Right. Style. They they come across too often like heroes maybe or or entrepreneurs or clever people um they, they come off too often like a wall street you know, george belford character less like a uh -huh. dude's bumbling into a situation where they happen to make a ton of money which is a lot more interesting than just yeah. sort of your typical downfall movie i did like the scene where they uh, they fake the guy out uh with a hundred thousand dollars where they just look at each other and go, like, "Hey, what do you want for dinner?" Yeah, we just got a yeah. conversation. Yeah, that was great. What do you want for dinner? Is the, is, is, is the hotel food good? Yeah, the hotel food is great. <laughs> I like yeah, the. Those are the moments that are clever. The little moments, the little like you know, with this we make this much more money, but uh, I don't know, just, just didn't come together. So, do we need to talk about the? Well, do we need to talk oh. about the laundry guy? The Ralph. Laundry guy. Oh, oh, Kevin Pollock's yeah. character. Yeah, yeah. There was something interesting there about they were kind of trying to do something with identity. It was a little bit interesting that didn't quite nail for me with uh, Ephraim's character, where he was like, 
around David, he was like super friend, cool guy, and around this guy, he was like incredibly Jewish and super Jewish, super oh orthodox, talking about you know all the Torah readings of the week and things like that. Yeah, I enjoyed I, Kevin yeah. Pollock's character. He, he's not in enough movies these days, but he's always a good presence to me at least. I don't know what you guys thought. Yeah, I mean, I am. Um, to be honest, I don't think I really saw the point of his character in the film, and yet he was important enough for me to remember. And I don't know. I think it was more that I uh, I enjoyed Ephraim's character and um, that that bit about him that um, David David described as you know he. Uh, he will read the situation and the person and become the person that he wants them yes. to be. I wanted to see that more. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there was the, the part where he was talking to the army guy. He's like, as a Christian, <laughs> I <laughs> need this son. money to oh, save I, my marriage I, I, and my I, child. He was trying so hard, like reaching so hard. Oh, my God. I think that's part of the problem is that uh, David's just a bit of a blank slate again and gets to put stuff on him while Ephraim's just a lot more fleshed out, a little more interesting. So this maybe just yeah. might be a thing if Johnny Hill just gets the better role than Miles Teller mm-hmm. or yeah. anyone else really for that matter. He just gets to play fun. <laughs> you know, he gets to have fun with the character. And not enough people, I feel like, do. And you're right, there's just not enough of that. There's just not enough of that kind of playing. There's a good acting moment where, like, you know, David confronts him and says, you've never even pretended to be my friend. And uh, Ephraim kind of sheds his, his veneer, but we never even don't get enough time to see true Ephraim ever, which I thought would have been interesting. Yeah. This is true, actually. We just get like a few seconds and then a okay joke about the FBI at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. So, are we ready for uh, scores? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, 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 my score... The score, the score that I told you, Ben, especially after talking about it, has not changed. All right, well, not go ahead, changed. Peter. What's your score? Three out of ten. I'm sorry. This movie sucked. <laughs> this movie sucked. I, I went in expecting funny. I didn't get funny. I got chuckles. Yeah. I got chuckles at best. Too many pop songs that they were trying to cram in. Didn't know if it wanted to be a comedy or a drama. Todd Phillips should have, should have picked one and stuck with it. I'm sorry, man. Phillips, do better. Do better. Yeah, yeah, do better. And he has a voice, was... and I, I want to see that, not Scorsese ripoffs. Exactly. This movie was just a disappointment to me because I went in expecting one movie, and I did not get it at all. And <sighs> Hill's performance was the best thing about this film. With how much he committed to being a dick, that was the best part of this film. Other than that, not really much to call home about. Fair enough. All right, Sarah, you're up next. I am... I'm actually going to give it a 5 out of 10. Um, I think part of that has to do with I went in thinking that I was really not going to like this movie because it's about war and drugs and guys being assholes and I don't really like any of those things. And yet I got in and it was moderately amusing. I think we can all agree that Jonah Hill stole the show. Oh, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And... um, to me, the plot was interesting enough to keep me entertained throughout the film. I realize that we don't all agree on that, and that's fine. But, you know, I was like, oh, okay, well, this is actually kind of interesting with the, you know, under-the-table arms-dealing business and whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, still definitely a meh 
film, but better than I thought it was going to be. So therefore, in terms of pure enjoyment, I liked it more. That's fair. All right, and uh, I think I'm going to give it, uh, just to make the math easy, but uh, I was feeling this too Mm. before it came in. Uh, I'm going to give it a four. Uh, It's like, yeah, like you said, Peter, it's, it's not very funny, and it's not clever enough to be Lord of the War, sort of incisive enough, and it's not funny enough to be a Wolf of Wall Street with kind of the more deranged, out there kind of style. I find Todd Phillips fascinating. I don't like many of his films, but I think he's an interesting director, and here it just feels like, dude, have your own voice. I mean, that's my biggest problem. It doesn't have its own voice. It's trying to do so many things and not doing them as well. It's If you can't do Scorsese as well as Scorsese, don't bother. Be yourself. Yeah. Be something interesting. It's an interesting premise. you got good actors, but... It just didn't come together for me, so I'm going to give it a four, which gives us an overall score of four. How do we feel about that? Yeah, I accept that. Yeah, I think that's fair. (laughs) I feel pretty good about that. (laughs) All right, so the bet this week, we'll get to last week's bet. Uh, This week I'm going to do another time bet, but last time we got a little bit too big with the Sausage Party one, so I'm going to be extra specific. So this way won't be debates. Okay, so we are going to review next week Kubo and the Two Strings. Yay! Yay! Very Finally excited. something I'm looking forward I to. Know, I know, actually. And then it's going to be September and it's going to be terrible. I'm sorry, this is going to be just a long trek to Oscar season. Just got to keep going. But we may go back and do, I think Jack and Sean keep calling them evergreen movies. Yes. Uh, which means that these will be movies that haven't been in theaters for a while this could be they came out five years ago they came out two decades ago um but we'll get to the review our parents were born maybe even maybe indeed so we'll be reviewing either movies that one of us on the cast really likes or maybe movies that are just generally thought of very highly or very poorly or we have Um, debates about i know like certain people love gladiator and certain people don't like gladiator and there, yes. and there are those of us, me, I mean, when I say that, I mean me, me, <laughs> who have never seen Gladiator. Exactly. And would so actually be interested. I, yeah, I, I've never seen Gladiator. So I actually, so I mean, if, so I mean, if we do end up, if, if, if we do end up uh, uh, doing an episode for that, um, I, I, I think that will definitely make it interesting to, to get opinions from all sides. Yeah. And that's what we're going to try to do with the evergreen stuff is kind of do stuff either we talk about a lot or we have. You know, debates on not just you know your usual like Godfather. It's great, right? Like we right. we're gonna try to make it a little bit interesting and try to you know change it up some. So I'm excited for that. But we do actually have a new film that we are looking forward to, Kubo and the Two Strings. Now, one of the big things that's been talked about the production of this film is that Leica built the largest puppet uh, supposedly ever to be put on film. It is a 16 really? foot tall skeleton. Oh. My God! That Jesus. fights, you know, the the characters at some point in the film. It's a giant orange skeleton. So the bet this week: when will we see the first image of any kind of the giant skeleton? It could be oh in a. My. It could be in. It could be tricky because it could even be in the first few minutes in like the credits or the right the uh, a flash, uh, you know, a premonition or something. Or it could be later in the film. So it's all up in the air. Well, I think huh. the film is uh, 105 minutes long, so just under two hours. So that gives you a okay. good sense of how many minutes. So 
go ahead and uh, private message me your bets. Huh. I will start by saying that I'm going to go with an hour and five minutes. Oh, wow. I came in way, way under you. I just sent it to you, Ben. Damn. Yeah, I was actually going to gonna do way, way under that as well. Oh any image of any kind. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I said any image of any kind. You're right. It could happen. So. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. This you guys. Be interesting. Yeah. Sarah said two minutes. Oh, yes. I love it. I love it. Ten minutes. <laughs> I, I am well, see, my my. Uh, well, that was weird. I just heard myself on playback. That was very strange. Why does my <laughs> voice sound that high? Anyway, um, my argument for this is, um, I, I'm kind of imagining like maybe this big orange skeletal thing will be the big boss or like the henchman to the big boss. Anyway, and so oftentimes in films like this, there will be sort of an origin story at the very the beginning. The thing. Yeah. Like a Sauron yeah. start a fellowship kind of thing. Exactly. So that's right. kind of what I'm picturing there with my Bold. two minutes is it will open with, you know, in the beginning such and such happened and there's this big evil orange skeleton that killed everyone and then this this okay. dude came forth yeah, and smote yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. Alright, alright. Peter, why are you feeling tense? Similar thing? I mean, like, not maybe maybe not maybe not necessarily. Okay, my reasoning not necessarily flashback, but I but 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 I but I feel, but at least not at least not at the beginning of the film. The the, fla- the flashback will come when when like I guess when I when I guess Monkey finds Kubo and is like, hey, your dad or whoever or or, who, or whoever Kubo's related to, your dad or whoever, did this thing. Here's the story. Here's why you're important, and that's when and, and that's when we will. That that that's when we'll see this giant skeleton. Right. We're, 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 get, we're gonna. I, I feel. I feel that. I guess. Sim, similar. Similar. Similar to when we first. To like when we first meet um, Luke Skywalker. Not not necessarily like how the first Star Wars films go, how, how it goes. But when we first meet Skywalker, we get Skywalker, and and then and then when he meets Obi Wan, Obi Wan explains stuff. I I I, I think, in that way, we'll we'll get a similar sequence of events in Kubo. Alright, see, my thing is, I think the skeleton is not the main boss, like you guys think. I think the skeleton is more like the giant ape in Jungle Book, where mm. we're going to come across, we're going to go to this place and find a thing, and oh no, a giant skeleton. And the main bad guy is more like Shere Khan, who's kind of around, and will probably be introduced pretty quickly, like you guys said. Uh, but I'm thinking this is more of a, and I've not read the plot, I'm being 100% honest on this. I've not read uh-huh. the plot, I don't know anything about nope. where the skeleton is. Um, but I I just think it's gonna be one of those things that gotta go here, find a thing, and oh my god, giant skeleton. So I'm gonna that's what I'm doing hour five. So we'll see and we'll open up to more people. So the bet last week was what would be the opening weekend gross of War Dogs? Uh, it is Sunday, so we have a prediction, but usually these are pretty accurate. So it is currently set to make fourteen point three million dollars. That means Trevor is actually the winner with $15 million. But he is not here, and Sarah was pretty close with 12. So, Sarah, you will close out the cast and please plug all of the things. Go ahead, Sarah. Okay. 
well, I will begin with plugging all of the things. Um, the Movie Gang podcast, which you have been so kind to decide to listen to, is part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. Uh, we produce multiple podcasts about various kinds of media, including the Geek Space Nine podcast, in which the three of us present on this current episode talk about Star Trek Deep Space Nine, because while we all love Star Trek, none of us has watched Deep Space Nine before, so you can come listen to us on Geek Space Nine talk about Deep Space Nine. Um, We also do A Feast for Bros, which is on hold until the next season of uh, Game of Thrones comes out, but you can listen to us talk about season six. Um, The new podcast that we have just started is Animania, where uh, Jack, Peter, Trevor, and I from the Movie Gang podcast all talk about anime. Sometimes that's a movie, sometimes that's anime television shows that are ongoing. Um, Is that all of the things that we do? And Save Point, yes. (laughs) Yes, I am not on Save Point, which is why I forgot about it. I'll just quickly jump into plug. Uh, we will be talking next episode about uh, No Man's Sky and sort of the debate about how much a game should cost. So be sure to look for that one coming out uh, uh, yes. next week. All right, go ahead, Ben. Back to you, sir. Thank you. Uh, so, yes, you can find all of these at TuscanShed.com. You can also find all of these on iTunes. And what else is, is Jack producing it on? Podbean? Podbean, yes. you can find it on yeah, Stitcher, you can find it on anywhere you get podcasts. Any podcatcher, it's got tons, it's got RSS feeds that you can add. Like, it's everywhere. You can find it. Excellent. We also have a Twitter account, which I don't remember the uh, the name for that exactly, but I'm sure it's on TuscanShed.com, uh, as well as Facebook pages for at least some of our podcasts. I don't know if Animania has one yet. Um, but I'm sure we will very soon, so keep your eyes open for that. And um, I believe that's that's all of the things I need to plug, yes? Yes, you're good. Yes. So if you need your rant or whatever, feel free. Okay, uh, this is probably going to be a bit of a controversial rant, but I'm going to start it with a question for, um, for, for the two of you, I guess. And it's something that I just... It was it was a big part of this movie again, as it seems to be of so many movies lately. What is and you probably I'm gonna sound like such a prude when I say this, and I'm sorry for that, but I have my reasoning, which will come out in a second. What is the point of using or, or of showing so much drug use, i.e., marijuana, i.e., cocaine? in films is it because it is you know to to demonstrate excess is it just something that a lot of people do that i'm not a part of i just what why i think yeah excess is part of it i think um showing maybe a character downfall could be a part of it you know when you do way too much cocaine or too much drugs like drugs also are good like visuals like when you start doing drugs it's great when you way too into drugs is terrible so that's what I would say something like Working for a Dream kind of, which isn't like a movie I really like that much but kind of does the thing of like makes drugs look cool at first and then makes drugs look really terrible at the end you know so but that mm-hmm. is a specifically drug movie so yes. in like a movie like War Dogs I would say it's usually like we're like on the edge or we're 
no. doing well or something like that. That'd be my guess. Yeah, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say the same thing. Like like I'm like tr- like you know traditionally, the use of the use of the use of drugs uh, that you know you know that isn't that isn't like prescription of of, of any kind is is usually is usually like kind of used to represent some, some someone like try, someone trying to have at least part of their life exist outside of the norm uh go, you know go, going going against you know quote unquote the status quo of how per, of how a person should act so so, so you know when, when you, so, you know when you have a lot of it and, and when you have a lot of it and especially especially in this film with with Ephraim um you know I I I, I guess with Ephraim it was it was supposed to lend to his to his his shadiness, the, sh- the shadiness of his character, and you know, and you know, dep- depending on what film or, or what film or TV show or game or book or whatever form of media that that, that you that you are partaking in, um, you know, the particular reasoning can change, but 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 I, but I think it still comes down to existing outside of what is accepted. So it's just to be edgy, then. Yeah, I, I think generally it's it's pretty much just to be edgy, not to like. Or at least, for the most part, is to be edgy. Yeah, I think. Okay, I am. Um, this is getting too personal for the podcast, I guess. But since it's my ending and my rant, I'm gonna do it anyway. Do it. I just I spent, you know, a good two months of my life watching over and misuse of marijuana prevent my girlfriend at the time from doing anything at all productive with her life. And now any time that I see it being sort of glorified on screen, I mean, now I say that I'm a big fan of alcohol. I drink a lot of alcohol. Mm -hmm. I'm not an alcoholic. I wouldn't call myself an alcoholic, but I can see how perhaps it could be used in the same way. And it just so happens that one is legal and the other is not. I just happen to not have a good view of it right now. And I don't want to not have a good view of it because I know that if it's not abused, it's just another thing like alcohol. And it can be a very good thing for a lot of people. But it's just... It seems to be around a lot. And I'm kind of wondering how it... How I actually I, any of the drugs can be is because they are both illegal. Not that you know everything else they did in this movie wasn't illegal. It was much more <laughs> illegal. So I don't know why I have a problem with that specifically. I guess just from the own things in my life. That was a weird personal rant. I'm sorry. I'm done now. Thank you for listening to the Movie Gang podcast. <laughs> I normally don't rant, so please don't let that judge your your uh, willingness to listen to the rest of our crazy shenanigans. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. Come back and listen to us next week for Kubo and the Two Strings. Have a good night. Bye, guys. Bye.